Let's go ahead and take our Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 5 this morning. Thanks for being here. And as was already mentioned, if this is your first time at Treasure Valley Baptist Church, we're especially glad that you're here. And if you're looking in on live stream for the first time, we've been looking at words related to the subject of salvation, doctrines of salvation. I believe one of the reasons we live in a day and age of shallow Christianity is because a lot of people don't understand the depth and the breadth and the magnitude of salvation. Uh, it's been reduced to, you know, invite Christ into your life and, you know, a- add him into the mix and then go on your merry way. But that's, that's really not what the Bible says about salvation. There's so much to it. And uh, we've already seen some of these words that implicate so many important aspects of salvation. Like, for instance, justification by faith. A judicial act whereby God declares us just in his eyes. Um, Another thing we looked at was imputed righteousness. Whereby God imputes or gives to our credit the righteousness of Jesus Christ and then takes our sin and credits Christ with our sin. Again, it's another judicial act that takes place in God's courtroom, but when you received Christ as your savior, that took place on your behalf. Another thing we looked at was adoption, a legal judicial act whereby God makes us his sons, adopts us into his family with all the rights and privileges that go with that, including our inheritance. We looked at redemption, to buy something back, to buy something back. In whom we have redemption, the Bible says, through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then we looked at propitiation. It's a payment made to get two enemies reconciled. And Christ himself, with his blood, became the propitiation for our sins. Now, folks, just that little bit right there, that little bit right there, is a lot more than just invite Jesus into your life, okay? These are are aspects of salvation that edify, that encourage, and that bless. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer as we proceed forward. Father, help us now in the moments we have together. Again, we're grateful to live in this great country. Uh, Father, we pray you'd have mercy upon it. There are forces all around within and without trying to tear it down. But Father, we know this, uh, kingdoms rise and fall upon your sovereign will, and so Lord, you you really wouldn't even have to break a sweat to keep this thing going or to let it go down, and so we look to you in this hour as the one that can keep it together that we might go on for thee. Have mercy now, lead us and guide us in the word. We pray, Lord, that you'd speak to us in no uncertain terms, especially for someone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Before I go any further, I just want to let you know that I realize I am out of uniform. I know that. Um, It's because I had hip replacement surgery. That's why I got that walker. Uh, The stripes on the side of these pants, that's the Italian Coast Guard. (laughs) In case you were wondering. I'm having to wear sweatpants because of the the surgical area there and everything. So uh, I I did throw on the sport coat. My wife sort of pressured me into that one. 
But uh, I'm wearing gym shoes and sweatpants with a stripe, so I thought a tie would look stupid, okay? So I realize I don't have proper Baptist vestments, and maybe we can get some rumors going about Treasure Valley Baptist Church across the country. You know, if they're talking bad about you, at least they're talking about you, right? Amen. All right, so let's talk about the subject of reconciliation. Reconciliation is what takes place when propitiation is received. That payment made to bring these two parties that are at enmity with one another. And, and, and folks, really, I believe if there was, if, if you could argue for a lost chord in the preaching of the gospel in the modern church today, it would be the idea that we are guilty sinners in need of salvation. Folks, Jesus saves means nothing unless you have to ask the question, what does he save from? And and I'm going to get a little technical with you, but I'm really not biblically. He doesn't doesn't save, first of all and foremost, from hell. Hell is a place. Hell is a place you go if you're not saved. Are you ready for this? if you're not saved from the penalty of your sins. What does Jesus save us from? He saves us from our sins, our violation of God's holy law. That's why the Bible tells us very clearly in Ephesians chapter two, way before he says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, he tells us very clearly and spells it out that we were at enmity with God. It goes way beyond indifference. We were walking in lockstep with the prince of the power of the air, the sworn enemy of God, Satan. And we were at enmity with God, and and we needed reconciliation, and Christ became the propitiation or payment for that reconciliation. And so, as a result, when we get saved, we are reconciled to God. We go from that place of enmity into the family of God. (laughs) Imagine such a radical difference. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse 10. For if when we were enemies, (coughs) excuse me, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So we are reconciled by his death. But then notice what he says, much more. Being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Reconciled, saved by his life. And we're going to look at, Lord willing, we're going to look at regeneration this morning as well. And and therefore, we have a new life as a present possession. Verse 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. The reason... One of the reasons I believe it's important to study these words and realize what they mean to us in regard to our relationship with God, and you look at verse 11, Paul talks about a practical matter in all of this, is that we joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Can I challenge you to do something here uh, uh, this week? And and I could throw out a number of these real easily. Uh, Here's one. John always referred to himself as that disciple whom Jesus loved. Can I challenge some of you here this morning 
to think of yourself in those terms all week? Think of yourself in terms all week, not of what you think about yourself. Because we usually go to we usually go to extremes. You know, someone once said, don't listen to, to people that are singing your praises too loud or your detractors. Uh, the truth probably lies somewhere between all that. But, uh, you know, some people, uh, they're down on themselves because of something someone said about them. And, and, and they think too low. Or some people are legends between their own ears. Right? How about we just think about ourselves the way God looks at us? And how about this week we think of ourselves as that disciple whom Jesus loved? How about this one? How about if you think all week about the fact that you have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ? The Bible says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I have the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And oh, by the way, all my sins have been imputed to him. How about just those two things this week? You think that might change your life a little bit? You see, Paul says in verse 11, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. Reconciliation. We have been reconciled to God. Bible says in Psalm 85, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. John tells us, for the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. If you're saved this morning, you are reconciled to God. The enmity that was there. You know, it's a beautiful thing. And I'm not just using an expression, but it's a beautiful thing when two people that were at enmity with one another are reconciled. Perhaps a married couple, and the marriage is on the rocks, and perhaps on the verge of divorce, and they are reconciled. That's a wonderful thing. That's a great relief. How many of you here this morning like to have enemies? Okay. I didn't think any hands would go up. Isn't it wonderful that as a believer this morning, the most important relationship in all of this universe has been reconciled through Jesus Christ. You've been reconciled to God. Let's look at another one this morning. Let's look at this word regeneration. Regeneration. Take your Bibles and look at Titus chapter 3. We're looking at the shun words. And we're now going to look at regeneration. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Well, let's back up to verse 4. Back up to verse 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared. Now, uh, the Bible tells us our condition in verse 3. Uh, prior to our salvation, we were foolish, disobedient, deceiving, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Verse 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly, abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
Now, most of these words we've looked at up to now are, are words that would fall into the judicial category. And, and they would deal more with our position in Jesus Christ, not necessarily something that happened inside of us, but something that happened outside of us that affects us directly. In this particular case, you have legal aspects that are done to you and for you, but in regeneration, you have something that's done inside of you. Something that's done inside of you to regenerate, to make alive again. You know, the Bible tells us that before we were saved, we had a dead spirit. Do you ever notice how people try to find spiritual meaning in life, whether they acknowledge religion or God or not? They're looking for spirituality. They're trying to fill that that Christ-sized void that's in them. Uh, Some will try religion. Others will try philosophy. Others will try nature. Some look at art. Some look at culture. They're trying to do something with a spirit that is dead. They're looking for meaning. And you know what? If we gave testimonies this morning, we could go on and on and on, many testimonies of different things that you were, you were pursuing because that spirit was dead. But what happens is when we, we accept Christ as our Savior, the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of us and, and, and revives us that way, and now we have a live spirit in us. He gives us true spirituality, regeneration, but it's not by works of righteousness but it's according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration. And notice the next phrase, and renewing of the Holy Ghost. God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And sometimes the Holy Ghost is diminished because his principal role is to put forward the Lord Jesus Christ to glorify and magnify him, and then Christ in turn glorifies the Father. But if you're saved here this morning, you have the Holy Ghost living inside of you. You have the Spirit of God living inside you. You know, I heard somebody say one time that uh, they suggested that God's standards for a separation from sin in the Old Testament were stricter than in the New. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Uh, There are a lot more dietary uh, do's and don'ts and ceremonial aspects of the law, which, by the way, are no longer enforced because of Christ on the cross. But I'm telling you something right now. You look at the Old Testament temple, and you look at the Holy of Holies where God dwelt, where the high priest could only go in once a year with the blood of atonement, and he'd better go in the right way. Folks, do you realize that if you're saved here this morning, you are a walking holy of holies? Everything we do, we take God with us in it. We take God with us in it. We are, we are walking holy of holies. Folks, if you were to go into the temple in the Old Testament and, and barge through and, and run straight into the holy of holies, unauthorized, you would fall over dead. And we are walking holy of holies. I beg to differ. I I would say this morning, God's standard is higher for us because God lives in us in the person of the Holy Spirit. What these eyes look at, 
we're asking God to look at. With these ears here, we're asking God to hear. With these hands touch, we're asking God to touch. It's a sobering thought, isn't it? We have the Spirit of God living inside of us. And, and how is that? It's because of regeneration, being born again. Let's take our Bibles and go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. John chapter 3, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. Say, why did he come by night? I believe this. I, I believe he was, he was a leader among the rabbis. There was a lot at stake for him. He was a seeker. So I think he was kind of going incognito, at least at this point. And he said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now, I've heard it suggested that was flattery. Maybe it was. I don't know. I, I think Nicodemus was sincere here. And notice that Jesus, he, he just, he brushes that off, and he goes straight to the issue with Nicodemus. And Jesus answered, verse 3, and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What did, what did Jesus know about Nicodemus? Well, he knew, he knew one thing that everybody would have known is that as a Pharisee, a leader of the Pharisees, it would have been assumed that he assumed he was right with God. He was a spiritual leader. And Jesus goes straight to the heart of the matter because he knows that Nicodemus isn't born again. And notice what, what Nicodemus says in verse 4. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, someone might see that word water and say, Well, that must mean baptism. Well, it doesn't. Take a look at verse 6. Take a look at verse 6. That which is born of the what? Flesh is flesh. That's your water birth. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. There's the spirit birth, the second birth, the supernatural birth. Uh, when you're born, you, you spend nine months in your mother's womb and you're floating in that embryonic fluid. It's, it's a water birth. And we have to be born of the water. We're, we're, we're born of flesh first, but then we're born of spirit second. He says in verse 7, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Verse 8. You know what verse 8 is saying, among other things? It's saying, when people look at you after you've been saved, there's a lot of head scratching that goes on. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. When the wind blows, we don't, we don't look beyond it and say, well, where did that come from? We just feel the effect. We feel the effect. Uh, the world doesn't understand. Lost people don't understand. Uh, we don't fully understand. But what happens? Something changes. The wind is blowing. And, and you can't necessarily get your hands on it. And so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now watch what happens here. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? So Jesus is saying, hey, you should know this. So it begs the question, where in the Old Testament is the new birth? Where in the Old Testament is this which Jesus is talking about? 
And uh, let me take you to the place that I believe that Jesus is referencing here when he's basically telling Nicodemus, hey, Nicodemus, you should know this. Go to, go to Psalm chapter 22. Psalm chapter 22. And Psalm chapter 22, verse 28. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon the earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none shall keep alive his own soul. Now watch verse 30. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a what? A generation. They shall come and shall declare his, righteous, his righteousness unto a people that shall be born that he hath done this. Now granted, it's not spelled out as clearly as Jesus spelled it out. But when you look back on it in light of John 3, you can see what Jesus was talking about. To be regenerated, folks, that's something that takes place inside of us. And the Spirit comes to live inside of us. I remember shortly after I was saved, I so envied older Christians. I so envied Christians that were more mature. I so envied those that seemed, at least in my mind, to be rid of all their grave clothes. Now, I later on found out by experience, you don't ever get rid of all the grave clothes. But boy, I sure had a bunch of them at that time when I first got saved. And you know what I appreciated? I appreciated the work of the Spirit in my life. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Do you know what? If you're bearing those nine fruit by the Spirit of God, you can't be ornery, you can't be ugly, you can't be in the flesh, and you can't succumb to all those problems that seem to enslave all of us at one time or another. That's why I don't believe that any Christian has to be a slave to sin. That's why I don't believe, and, and I'm not critical of these organizations because I think they're trying to do good things, but like Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholic Anonymous, uh, they'll say, well, once an alcoholic, what? Always an alcoholic. No, once you're a Christian, you're no longer an alcoholic, you're a Christian. Once you're a Christian, you're no longer a drug addict, you're a Christian. And by the power of the Spirit of God working in your life and bearing the fruit of the Spirit, any sin in your life, any personality problem, call it whatever you want, can be overcome because the Spirit of God is predominant. And the new man ascends over the old man just as light dispels darkness. And we are changed for the better. We are changed for the better. Now, make no mistake about it. We're all a work in progress. I get that. And, and I don't believe when you get saved, you become sinless, not until you get to heaven. But when you get saved, you will sin less. And part of the reason for that is regeneration. You're born again. The Spirit of God comes to live inside of you. Can I challenge you to do one more thing this week? Not only, not only look at yourself the way John did, that disciple whom Jesus loved. 
Not only look at yourself uh, in light of imputed righteousness, but how about this one? I've got God the Spirit living inside of me. I got God the Spirit living inside of me. Keep that in the forefront all week and see if it doesn't change the way you live for the better. Amen? Many years ago, a London businessman, a guy named Lindsay, Lindsay Clegg, had, had a warehouse property that he was selling. The building had been empty for months and needed repairs. Uh, vandals had come in and damaged the doors, smashed the windows, and strewn trash all around the place. He showed a prospective buyer the place, and all along he was telling the buyer, look, I'll, I'll fix those doors, I'll get those windows straightened out, I'll, I'll get the trash uh, taken care of, and the guy just said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry about it. And finally he said, well, why are you saying don't worry about it? He said, look, he said, when I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. I don't want the building. I just want the site. And you know what? When God saved us, he didn't say, take care of those broken windows, fix the busted door, get rid of the trash. He said, let me build something completely different on this site. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, praise the Lord, all things, all things are become new. And you know what? If you're saved here this morning, that's true of you, spirit and soul. And one of these days, it will be true of you with your body as well. Because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 that one of these days, he's going to come back and redeem our bodies as well. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for Psalm 85. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Father, that is so true in Calvary. That is so true regarding our salvation. And we thank you for it this morning. Father, we pray for that one without Christ. How many would say this morning by the uplifted hand, preacher, I know I'm saved. I know that I know Christ is my personal Savior. Would you slip your hand up just for a moment, please? I know Christ as my personal Savior. All right? Best I could tell, that looked like everybody, but maybe I missed somebody. Maybe there's somebody here that would say, preacher, I'm not saved, but I am concerned. I would like you to pray for me. Is there somebody here that would just slip their hand up, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and I would just like to pray for you this morning. Anybody here at all? Anybody here at all? Perhaps of somebody looking in live stream. If you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, he'd be willing to save you even right now. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What God wants you to do is acknowledge the fact that you're a sinner in need of his son. Pray a prayer something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I've sinned against your holy law. I've offended you. And I deserve the just punishment for all that, but I'm I'm believing that Christ died for me and that he was buried and rose again from the dead on my behalf and I am receiving him the best I know how by faith into my heart as my personal savior. Would you do that this morning? Would you do that this morning? Christ says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open, I will come into him and he with me and I will sup with him. I will sup with him. I will have fellowship with him. The Spirit of God will regenerate you. 
come into your heart, come into your body, come into your life and make you a whole new person, give you eternal life. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all these great aspects of salvation. Father, may we go into the week this, uh, and, and, and thinking in terms of that disciple whom Jesus loved, see ourselves in that light. Imputed righteousness. I am the righteousness of Christ in him. And my, 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 the Spirit of God lives inside of me. The Spirit of God. God lives inside of me. God, help us to live holy lives. You're a holy God. Forgive us for dragging you into our sin. And we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your mercy. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Let's take our hymnals and turn to number 335. Number 335. Brother Joe Pasola, would you come on up and close us in a word of prayer, please? Father in heaven, we're so grateful to you, Lord, for what you've done for us in our salvation, Lord. And uh, Lord, that you reconciled us to you, Lord, and, and all that you did for us, Father. And very few of us have learned any of that when we first were saved, Father, but it's a joy, Father, to learn, Father, what, what you have done for us in Christ Jesus, and we're truly thankful. We ask your grace, your blessing, Father, on the day's events, Father, and dear Lord, that you may bless each one of us. We'll thank you and praise you in the name of our dear Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.